and welcome back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I'm Ed and I'm joined today by Claire. Hiya. By Paul. Hi. And by Nick. Hello. And today we are talking about the wonderful world of sport. And uh, I'm, we've got some very sporty people sat here um, with various different experiences of sport. So I'm sure we're going to be able to have a, a fantastic conversation about all things sport. Uh, I'm going to keep saying the word sport over and over <laughs> sport, again in many sport, different sport, ways sport, as sport. I can. Uh, but yeah, I think this can be an interesting one because, you know, churches have been engaging in different sporting activities and kind of sports ministries um, in some really interesting ways. And it's, yeah, I think it's something that we definitely need to be aware of as a church and, yeah, um, explore a bit further. Um, but we're not going to start with anything as serious as that. We're going to start by asking, what are our favourite silly facts about sport? Who are you asking that to? Uh, anyone, any, anyone that would like to um, contribute. And maybe you'll listen to this and you'll think you've got a really good silly fact about sport. And if you do, we would really love to hear it. Yes, please. Um, so, so if you'd like to share a silly fact about sport, please go to the listener group on Facebook and you'll find that by searching SSOM listener group and it should just appear for you there. But for now, who wants to go first? Silly facts about sport. My fact is Olympic gold medals aren't gold. Oh. They're actually silver. All oh. of them? Yeah, so the gold plates are in 92.5% silver, apparently. Um, silver medals are silver, and bronze medals are like an alloy. Oh, so bronze medals aren't even bronze. No, so the, you know the whole thing of biting the medal, the gold yeah. medal? That's so because uh, gold's soft, you'd have teeth marks if it was properly gold. Mm. Whereas now, just biting the medal is just going to hurt your teeth. Ah. But people do it anyway, I think it's just a thing, isn't it? Yeah. That's my Ooh. fact. Good fact. Thank you. Strong. My mm. fact is a silly fact rather than a practical, useful fact. I, I don't know how Very you useful. That one, don't bite a gold medal. Yeah, yeah. If, if any listeners win an Olympic gold, please don't bite yes. it. Yeah. yeah. It's good. We've provided. I think we've, we've helped people there. Public service announcement. It's just acknowledging how we know our audience. Let's say <laughs> yeah, that, absolutely. isn't it? Yeah, a lot yeah. of Olympic gold medals. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Primarily. No silvers though, because that's you know that's no. relevant. Only golds. Um, <laughs> My fact is about the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. Um, and in during World War II, uh, because of uh, people being called up to fight, there wasn't enough people to um, fill both squads. So the Pittsburgh Steelers and sorry, Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles combined to be the Steagles. The Steagles. And that's just got Steagles. a great name. I'd like I'd like more teams to be called the Steagles. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like. The idea just to... Were they like rival teams yeah, as well? Yeah, they're, um, they're both in the same area, so they just can, combined the two. But Can you imagine, like, Man U and Liverpool just yeah. ran out of players and decided, <laughs> that, well, I'll just throw it together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that'd cause chaos, cause chaos, wouldn't it? Um, my silly fact uh, is that the sport of badminton was originally called Puna. Why did it change? I have no idea. <laughs> Where's that from? Where's that word from? No, I, I probably should have done more research than just okay. the, the <laughs> surface <laughs> level facts. We, should, we weren't expecting follow-up questions. That's all I've got. Well, fantastic. So my, my fact is actually a little bit more to do with food than sport, but apparently during the Olympic Games in China, Usain Bolt ate only chicken nuggets as it was the only meal he recognised from home. And ultimately, he won three gold medals with this diet, although based on what Nick said, they weren't even gold medals. 
Three wow. silver medals yeah, is know, still impressive, though. On that amount of food, that's how to win, isn't it, really? Fast it's food incredible. makes you faster. That takes away every excuse I've got <laughs> for not winning a gold medal. <laughs> There's more variety in your diet, I'd that's say, true, than just chicken, not just chicken nuggets. nuggets. Maybe it's everything else. Narrow, is the narrow, issue. Yeah. 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 Yes, just as a bit of a... A level of it, just to understand each other and so the listeners can understand where we're coming from. My question is more, what kind of sports are, are we into? What do we enjoy uh, in, uh, partaking in and watching? And, and yeah, whereabouts are we coming from with this conversation? I like sport. Good. Um, as you can tell from my amazing physique. Mm. Um, not, not playing sport massively. I do enjoy playing a lot of sports, but I'm not particularly good at any sports. Um Football is the, the standard, um, like a bit of badminton or whatever you called it earlier. Puna. That's the one. Batters. Um, yeah, I like pretty much every sport. I find cricket quite boring, but apart from that, I'm okay. I like cricket. Yeah, mm. I know I'll offend a lot of people by saying that, but I'm not afraid. Um, in terms of playing sports, in a sports ministry sense or in a, I guess Christian setting again, football. Um, me and Nick have played with torchbearers, and Nick still plays with torchbearers unless he's yeah, sacked before this best, goes out. Yeah. Turn um, up anyway. And we play a bit of five aside with with church. I think that's a pretty common common thing for people to do. What's your top three? Top three. Football number one. Top three sports yeah. to watch. Yeah, that's just different. just generally like oh, if oh, you had to combine. Difficult. Where are you going? See, I really go? like watching ice hockey, but I. I wouldn't be able to play it because I'm not a very good skater. Um, football's got to be top because I like watching and and playing. I love playing table tennis, actually. Mm. Me and Ed have good table tennis battles. I hate table tennis. Just irrational hatred for it. What, where, did that, where's, where does that come from? don't know. I, th- right. I, just, I think it's probably because oh, I've never really played it and then when I have played it, I just got absolutely battered. So I have just right. no interest in playing table tennis. I don't even know if... if Oh, well, I'm assuming I'm not very good at it because I get. We should play some table tennis, Nick. I, I hate it. Just I hate it. I'm going to go football, table tennis, ice hockey, wow. all for different reasons. Incorrect. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, I'm not the most sporty person in the world. I like sport. I really like watching sport. Um, so yeah, I love watching football. Love watching tennis, um, and ice hockey. Yeah, that's all really good. Um, like playing a bit of table tennis and badminton. Um, but, yeah, growing up, I was never really in sports teams. I think I played one or two games of rugby for my school rugby team. But nice. people would pass me the ball, and then I'd be like, what do I do here? <laughs> no idea. And then I remember just getting the ball once, and I think we were in, like, a cup game, like a school tournament or something. And I, I got the ball, and I just kind of stopped. And everyone just looked at me and said, <laughs> just run and then they just was I was relatively quick they always just told me just to get the ball and run until I got taken out and I thought it was like that's not really much of a sport is it that's <laughs> just me being chased by people that were bigger than me <laughs> um so I can couldn't quite understand rugby um but yeah I like playing football I like playing five aside that sort of thing um yeah we me and Claire once um at at a summer school had to help um uh, the lovely Matthew Trotter um, lead a sports main study, and I have to say we weren't much help. <laughs> we spent a lot of time sat on the sides drinking tea and going, "Well done." <laughs> <laughs> we were great encouragers. That was we were. 
we were we set the bar very low for the children i think which was <laughs> yeah which was really nice <laughs> however bad they felt about sport but that about how good they were at sport we always set the bar yes. lower so yeah. it was okay because <laughs> yeah. for me i hated sport growing up like i would do anything to avoid PE lessons at school even to the age of as an adult i really didn't like sport at all and then i entered the london marathon ballet on a whim as you do and got in the first time wow. so i was suddenly like oh wow. i need to do something about this the first year I had done nothing about this, so I postponed on ill health grounds. <laughs> ill health, as in I just wasn't fit enough to do it. Yeah. <laughs> the year later, I decided, no, I'm going to do this. I've got this opportunity to do it. And so in the space of three months, I went from couch to marathon. Amazing. Um, so sticking with like a training plan with that. And since that point, which was, I think, six years ago, I've been running consistently and running is the one thing that kind of in every day that is my focus, the one non-negotiable. So some, somehow I get out of bed every day to go running the same route every day. But actually for me, that's such a big part of my life and become such a big part of my routine and it kind of integral to who I am sort of thing. And I'm not in any way the fastest runner. I'm not, I can't like, do long distances, long distances, but actually now it is that something which I find joy in and find uh, happiness in as part of who I am. I did for a couple of years work at an outdoor adventure centre. So like teaching kids about climbing and canoeing and archery and that side of stuff. And I could do the teaching part. Couldn't necessarily do any of the sports myself. So yeah, and I can't, I can't pretend that I watch, watch sport. Like, so for me... Uh, it's kind of that individual running mm. that is where I'm involved with with sport, to be honest. And mainly that's so why I can eat more. Oh, fair, yeah. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> what about you, Nick? Yeah, for me, uh, sport has pretty much dominated most of my life. I, I, I'm, most weekends I'll sit and watch football. Uh, I love boxing. Uh, I, I do like watching ice hockey when I get a chance to do it. and enjoy cricket, playing. I can't say I'm a much of a runner, Clay. You've got one on me there because I, I really don't enjoy running, but uh, mountain biking, certainly. Um, and I can definitely identify what you're saying about just getting out, particularly during the previous lockdowns. Just such a good thing to have a focus on of, right, I'm going to go out and exercise today. I'm just going to get out and clear my head or it's something that I can focus my day towards and a time where I can just be, you know, me on my own, just doing my thing. So, um, yeah, you can definitely hear what you're saying about sort of individual exercise there. Um, and I really enjoy the gym as well. Just, um, yeah, just being on my own, just a couple of hours just spent again clearing my head so I do I, I love sport it's and I say it's it's dominates quite a lot of the space of my life so so other than table tennis mm. are there any sports that you just have a just complete lack of respect for just dislike yeah I think sorry Claire but running oh, I was running running okay. for me is like it's a mode of transport it's not a sport <laughs> <laughs> it's like like the walking race in the Olympics I was like come on guys it's not it's you're just walking aren't you let's be honest um so yeah, and like other things, I can kind of get like triple jump. There's an element of technique to it, but I guess running, you just you have a fortunate that you're built, mm. like you say in bolt, or you you just not. Um, so sorry to all the runners out there, but I, <laughs> I'm disrespecting <laughs> you. <laughs> Was that said with a uh, a sport in mind, Ed? Do you have a sport that you uh... Uh, golf? What's the point? I love golf. 
Just yeah, people, it's just a, people walking about hitting a ball. It's a head game. Is golf like it's, it's so easy. Once you if you make a mistake and lose your mind, that's it. It's game over. Oh, it's a discipline no. thing for me. I'd golf. rather sit and watch paint dry. <laughs> <laughs> I like watching but golf. What about crazy golf? What's your thought on crazy golf? Crazy golf is better, considerably, <laughs> but still bad. <laughs> It's it's just annoying. Maybe it's just because I'm bad at it. Maybe that's I think where you're it probably from. in golf where I am with with table, table tennis. tennis. Yeah, okay. just the frustration. At least with table tennis, you watch a game of it. It's over in about five minutes. With golf, you're there for hours. <laughs> golf does take a long time. I think my cricket is is mine because mm. it takes so long, and a lot of it is standing. My experience of cricket is standing in a field waiting for a ball to come near me. Yeah, yeah. And I just can't. Any sport that you need to have lunch in the middle of <laughs> shouldn't be a sport. <laughs> that's just. <laughs> Yeah, it's a day out. Doesn't make sense. I remember having a conversation about whether snooker and darts are sports. Ooh. What's your thoughts on that? I've got my own theory on what should be it. For me, like a sport should be inherently competitive. So, so for like running, for example, not a sport. But also by that definition, golf probably not a sport. Like inherently competitive is in the other person has an influence on what you're doing. So, mm. so for me, snooker. Yeah, it is a sport because you're both it's kind of dueling within each other. So anything where, yeah. So darts, not a sport, it's a game. So that's that's my own definition. Chess, I like that. Uh, yeah, chess sport. I've, have you had the theory where um, if it's only a sport if you need special shoes for it? <laughs> <laughs> that makes running a sport, though. It does. Kind of... It makes running a sport. Yeah. also makes gardening a it sport, does, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> and going to a festival. <laughs> so all of us seem to have different experiences of sport and what we like and what we don't like. But thinking about faith and thinking about what that means, I came upon or know, a quote by Eric Little, who was a sprinter, and he said, God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. And it made me think, how can we worship God through sport? Has anyone got any thoughts on that? Yes. I'd like to hear your thoughts, Nick. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> shifted towards me. Um, I think it's, it, for me, I mean, the other thing that dominates my life is music, and there's quite a lot of a, of, of a transfer between music and sport for, for me. And one of them is, it, it was that element of self-expression, as in, in the moment of either performance, whether that's, uh, sport or music you're you're expressing who you are or w- what it is that the the uh, piece of music or the sport is is kind of bringing out of you so for me that that can be a really like a really raw thing that can depend on where you are and if you approach certain sports or certain performances from the wrong place that can be quite quite difficult that can be quite um yeah quite a troubling experience but on the other side of it if you if you're then approaching sport through the medium that you, you're gonna show god's worth or, or show what god means to you through the gifts that he's given you whether that's good or bad i love football i would never profess to be the best footballer in the world i just love playing football so for me just being the best i can be on a saturday morning playing football with my teammates trying to set an example or trying to just show that you know we can we can do this thing that everybody else is doing and we can do it in a way that hopefully pleases god that for me is is worship through sport so it, i know there's a lot of 
theories about that, and there's, there's quite some there's some traditional views that say, well, you, you can't do, you know, sport can't be worship or X, Y, and Z can't be worship. But for me, if, if you approach it with that, that reverence, I suppose anything can be worship if that's your your is that's what you're geared up to uh, to achieve through what it is that you're doing. So so for me, yes. Football on the Saturday morning absolutely is. That's I'd say that's my church experience at the moment, particularly again before everything's opened up and sport was still going and churches were closed. That was my church, and and it still is my church on a Thursday night and a Saturday morning, meeting with a group of like-minded people to express ourselves and and what God means to us. That's church, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Good. Absolutely. <laughs> And it's interesting thinking about that. You're talking about sport and using your body within that. And there's scripture talks about kind of everyday ordinary things and how everything can be worship, particularly when it's embracing your mind and your body and your soul, essentially, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of things in in sport that are just inherently good for you, Mm. like mentally and physically. And I think part of Christian teaching is that we look after ourselves and people will use that. I hate to use what could almost be a platitude after doing an episode about <laughs> platitude recently, but about the body being a temple and, mm. and looking after that in the, in that way. I think just learning the physical discipline of training and teamwork and that sort of thing, living that out in with Christian values particularly, but even just the discipline of, of training hard and yeah and working together is, is good for a Christian mindset. Mm. Yeah, and there's... I know this kind of steps a little bit. Well, it doesn't step outside of worship because worship's huge. Um, but you, when you talk about kind of witnessing or like showing Jesus through your actions, sport, you know, especially football, can be a really heated environment and can be quite a, especially like competitive team sports can get really um, aggressive, especially with people on your team that make a mistake or um, someone snaps in with a tackle on you that you don't think was fair and it can be very easy for kind of tempers to flare up and for people to become very hostile to each other and I guess there are huge opportunities within sporting environments to to show a different way of living and to show a different way of existing in the world and I guess that's that's also an opportunity of worship in that we're we're channel we're showing Jesus to people through the way we act and I guess that's that's an act of worship in us in itself as well, isn't it? Definitely. I think the word integrity comes up a lot in sport, mm. and I think when you translate that through to Christian ethics slash integrity, um, that can become really valuable. It, it, it's it's hard because within that you've got sporting integrity as well. So yeah, the, the the integrity of the the sport itself and being fair within that, and that that can sometimes push the other way or further away from what you'd think maybe Christian integrity would be if, you, if you're talking about fair competition. There's still a, the word competition still exists within that, so it's still a mm. measurement, whereas I think sometimes the, the the word integrity can be, or it can be ethics, sorry, Christian ethics can be translated into being very uh, welcoming and being very uh, open and all the welcome, which is true and, and is helpful um, but there's, there's also yeah there's a balance to be struck there which which can be really difficult particularly mm. when you if it's part of a, a Christian sports team it, that becomes um, quite a quite a difficult balance to strike. It's really interesting because speaking about how working with a team and showing that Christian witness 
within sports ministry is so important in terms of worship because my experience of sport has mainly been kind of individual sport. I've always a little bit grappled with how that how that fits within the context of worship and being a witness witness with that. And I think for me, there's a couple of aspects in terms of how running is worship. And one of the things is the discipline behind it. Like now I am very much into routine. I get up at this time and I go and do that. That's non-negotiable. But initially that was that wasn't there. But actually, I think kind of by having that discipline in terms of the sport has helped me in having discipline in terms of reading the Bible, in terms of praying and all of those sort of things. Having that routine, set routine that is essential to kind of keep me going throughout the day because I know that if I don't run when I should have run the rest of the day really isn't set up well equally if I know I should have prayed and I haven't prayed it doesn't set the day up well but also for me I mean I run the same route every day it's not the prettiest route it's not the most exciting route it's the streets of Bradford but it's an opportunity in that time to pray, to spend time with God that perhaps I would be so easily distracted by when I'm at home. But actually, when I'm out running, but the, the, the distractions aren't there or there's kind of things to encourage me to pray for them. So in terms of that, it's kind of so combined that running isn't necessarily the act of worship, but that time I am running inspires me to kind of set my mind to worship that makes sense mm-hmm. do you listen to anything while you're running or um like have headphones in or do you just go completely without um, i literally I, I used to but now i literally just go out and, and i also one of the other things is i kind of see the same people every day yeah and the conversation is literally hi oh, you're right yeah you're right yeah but actually there's something with that that i if they've not been around or i've not been around there is somehow some strange sort of community fellowship there yeah. that exists literally hello and being in the same place at the same time so the question that i brought is um to do with the transition of sort of sports ministry into other types of ministry mm. and i think quite a common almost opposition or reluctance to to for a, for a church to invest its time or money in sports ministry is that they don't see a path to other areas of ministry or where they can broaden that or deepen that. Um, so I guess my question is, how would you answer that that topic? How would you go about, I don't want to say justifying sports ministry, but um, where do you see that becoming a deeper relationship with God through sports ministry? Yeah. I think probably the, the best way of... Being involved in in a sports ministry myself with uh, with torchbearers, I think the way to answer that is rather than deeper. I think it's deepening, and those are probably it's maybe it's a nuance. But the the guys that we've got in the team vary from grown up in church, been going for thirty years, so would never walk through a church door to people of other faiths to been to church not really sure to been to church left because I got upset. So there's like such a massive, like if you think about that spectrum, it's huge, but everyone's arriving with some experience of, of life of something. And for me, the whole point is, is just about um, showing what Jesus is to, to those guys and whether that's something that they accept or whether it's something that they recognize or not, it's kind of not really that important and and I've said that, but I've seen the impact of that on one of the lads particularly that 
I know has come uh, and, and said quite vocally that I never would have spent time with these people without this football team. I never would have spoken about, I never would have known about, you know, the Christian message or Jesus. I never would have hung out with some Muslim lads who also, you know, play football with us as well. I never would have hung out with X, Y and Z because they're from different backgrounds to me, different environments, different um, cities almost. So you've got all these, yeah, different groups of people all coming together. And the common cause is, firstly, the football team. I mean, whether that's right or wrong is open to debate, but... That's why the guys are coming, but the message is this is this is what Jesus looks like, and hopefully you can see that, and hopefully you can recognize that and see what that means for you. Um, and that's been really effective. It's a really hard thing to measure because you can't, aside from going and you know quizzing everyone and saying, you know, where did you start? Where are you now? What's you know X, Y, and Z? Which you just you know doesn't happen, does it? But you can just see in conversations. WhatsApp's great because we've got there's a football WhatsApp group that just goes off constantly for the whole week, particularly in this football one. But you can see, often it's about football, but every now and then someone will mention, oh, I've seen this in the news or there's been something in politics or what do you guys think about that or how do you guys react to that? And it's just, it's a real opportunity to say, well, this is what I think. And it might be completely different to how other people have grown up or their way of thinking or how... Um, how they've approached things before, but it just gives another lens to be able to say there is another way of thinking about things, or there is there is this way as well as the way that you used to. So for me, I'm really passionate about sports ministry, and, and I, it's it's a bit upsetting to see that there's not more and more churches getting involved. I mean, to get 11 lads available on a Saturday, it is a bit of a, a struggle sometimes. But you know, between two or three churches, that's that's possible. But there's, I mean, there's seven teams in our league, and then I think eight in the, in the other leagues, so or 15 teams across Yorkshire. Surely, there's more churches that can get involved in this and and just start to say, this is what Jesus looks like. And you know, it, we're not we're not you know it's not we're not setting out for, um, you know. It, going for conversions and in inverted commas and all these things. It's just a way of saying this is how this is how Jesus looks. This is how there is another way to, of living or there is a way of living. How's about it guys? What do you see? What do you how do you react to that? So for me, I'm really passionate about sports manager. I'd love to have a debate with someone who isn't because I'd just I'd really like to understand how that where that comes from because I think there's a real is a need for it and it's so relevant isn't it like we just all said from you know various different ways how we're involved in sports it doesn't have to be I'm talking about football because it's you know that's what's uh, what's close to me but you know running clubs or cricket clubs or you know all these kind of things like boxing academies even there's so many different ways of doing sport and so many different ways of showing people Jesus but it, for me it's an easy win mm. that was a long talk sorry no, no I think it's, it's really interesting and I think you're right I think for like football especially but sport in general is a common denominator across multiple different sort of subcultures across the country especially in our country with football yeah but every country has sports that that are huge in that country and that i think is is a common denominator across all you know rich poor every background there is a sport that people can get involved with that will bring people to meet new perspectives and and different people to they would normally see in in day to day life. Mm. Is how do I mean? How do you reach as a church? How do you reach people who aren't interested in church but are interested in football? That's how start a football team. Talk to them about it. It's, do you know what I mean? It's I guess it extends outside of sport as well into other things. But 
find the common ground first and then start the conversation rather than yeah. I think there's a church being guilty doing things the wrong way around. And I think also there's there's huge room for just joining football teams as well. And like I don't want to like ever knock the church doing things because I think it's absolutely amazing. We absolutely need to be doing it. But I do think sometimes the church has got a bit of a bad habit of identifying, oh, like this would be cool to do. And then just doing it itself rather than looking at, oh, who's doing this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then joining it as well, because there's huge power in going and existing within spaces where we don't have the power. <laughs> yeah. um, but absolutely, no, I don't want to dwell on that for too long, but that actually there, there is huge power in us, you know, recognising that people are interested in football. So starting football um, teams and then just building relationships through there. I, I think this, the criticism of um, how, how do you, transition that into deeper discipleship and you know eventually them usually this that sort of comment comes attached to how do we get them into church how do we get bums on seats and I think in a way we've got to um, I don't want to say abandon that as the as the ultimate goal but we can't we can't go into every um, missional activity expecting people to join our church because you know that's not always the way it works. But actually, can we see Jesus work in people's lives? Can we learn about Jesus from the people that we're encountering and learn about who God is? Yeah. Absolutely, there is huge value in building relationships, um, and it won't always look like us getting more people in our churches. But sometimes it will, and that's great. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it's about breaking down some of those barriers and them understanding who we are as Christians. And you know, there's so much bad messaging about what Christianity is out there in the news and just building relationships dispels that because then when they hear Christian they don't think of this caricature they saw in the Daily Mail they yeah. they think of Nick they think of Paul they think of Claire they think of faces and people and personalities um yeah so yeah I'm all for it yes it's really important I think that's quite a key message for me rather than saying how do I get people from my team to my church how do I get the people from my church to yeah. my team? Like how how do I connect those yeah. those two groups? And how do I get the support going the other way as well as because I mean that's that's how relationships are built. That's how community is built. And we've got such a, a strong community as a football team. Like I know the lads all absolutely love each other. Like and, mm. and it's such a strong brotherhood. And, and I'd argue it's, at times that's something that probably lacks in in traditional view of church. Yeah. So I think there is something to be learned both ways. I think mm. it's got to go in both directions. Yeah, I think I think we see that even... Sorry, Claire. Sorry, no, it's fine. <laughs> I said, ultimately, all of you guys have said it's about being salt and light where you are. That's what we're called to do. And I think, as we we're talking about in terms of sports ministry, about getting bums or seats or whatever, but whatever ministry we do as part of church, we're going to have to work out why are we doing it? Are we doing it? The ultimate goal of saving our churches essentially building mm. up our churches or because we want people to encounter jesus yeah and so. whatever that looks like mm. and is is there value in doing sports ministry for the sake of doing sports ministry or sake of doing lunch club for the sake of doing lunch club or sake of doing messy church for the sake of doing that and i believe there is like ultimately we want people to know jesus and we want them to in to be able to grow their faith through connection with church, but does that mean they come to church on a Sunday morning? I don't know. I say that as a minister, as a minister in terms of that. But ultimately, 
whilst we stay within our church buildings, whilst we stay doing that and don't get out into sports teams, don't get out into music groups or whatever, they're never going to know Jesus because they're not going to rock on a Sunday morning. Yeah, so true. Yeah, I think we see that. It's evidenced by... I was going to use the name of the person you were talking about and then I realised probably shouldn't, <laughs> but I know him <laughs> as well. So, um, but yeah, I think to for people to see that a Christian isn't that weirdo that you see in a caricature, like you said, Ed, um, to see that we're just normal people trying to do life. Yeah, I think the in, other side in of it... a normal that, setting. Yeah, that we, that we get it wrong as well. You know, I've, I've been involved in, in flashpoints in games where I've lost my temper and stuff and, and being able to say, do you know what? You know, we, yeah, we are Christians, but we're not perfect. Like, that's... We... we we try to be like Jesus, but ultimately we fail at some point. And just being able to explain that, it's an opportunity to say, look, you know, this this Christian life, it's not about it's it's about trying to be like Jesus, but it's not about being perfect because ultimately we will always fail at that. So mm. I think being human with it, and that's the other side of it, is it's either a, a really weird character caricature or it's you know this perfect life and always get things right and all the rest of it. But I think being being um, open to getting messy with you know with life and just explain bringing people who we are and saying this is who we are I'm a Christian I follow Jesus this is who I am that that for me is is much more powerful in a, as a relational tool than than preaching a message to someone that they're probably not going to listen to. And I guess part of it in terms of being in sports ministry is encouraging people to be who they were created to be as well. Mm. Like giving them that opportunity to reach their potential, to grow in that. We, when I used to work at the outdoor centre, it was a Christian outdoor centre. So the values were encouraging particularly children to think about who they trust, but also to think about what they can do and setting goals and just working out kind of a sort of identity thing. And for some people, they find their identity in sport and there's value in that, but perhaps a different perspective and absolutely encouraging everyone just to be the very best they can. And for many people that is found within sport. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's something that there's um, a guy who's come and done some training sessions before who's, who's played at a really high level. And he always says about standards, personal standards, that be the best that you can be. And that's not necessarily the best player on the team. It's not the best, you know, the best player in the league, the best player in the world. Just be as good as you can be. And that, I mean, that's the same as, it's the same message as the Christian message, isn't it? Just be as good as you can be. Like, tr- just do, do the best you can. Ultimately, yeah, you might make mistakes. You might get things wrong, but just be the best you can be. Set your own standards. Um, such a, it's re- really translatable. It just makes so much sense to me. So that's just about all we have time for for this episode. Um, you may have heard us mention torchbearers a number of times uh, in this conversation, which is a very mysterious word. But if you'd like to learn more about what that is, uh, we've got a special episode coming up, haven't we, Nick? We have. Yeah, we have indeed. Yeah, um, we haven't recorded it yet, so we don't know what it's going to be like, but I'm sure it's going to be great. It'd be great, yeah. Um, and we're going to be chatting with Nick and maybe some uh, other people. We're not sure yet, but um, hopefully they will be there. <laughs> I'd heard it's the best episode that's the been best, done. The best episode. Really? Yeah. Wow. Podcast, not just episode from us. Wow. The best podcast. Well, you've heard it from Paul himself, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um yeah, we're going to be having an episode um, next time in two weeks' time, if you're listening to us on the day of release. Um, and we're going to be uh, chatting with Nick and other people about Torchbearers, about how it was set up, about what they do, 
about, I guess, what their hopes are for it and all that sort of stuff. So we're really excited to share that with you. Um, And to make sure you catch that, make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening now. And uh, keep track of our Facebook, Instagram and Twitter accounts. And you should be made aware of when it's been released. Um, yeah, as always, if you'd like to contribute to the conversations that we're having, please uh, join the listener group on Facebook, which you'll find at SSOM Listener Group. And yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts on sports ministry in that space as well. But yeah, that's all we've got until next time. Be well. Be well.